Good evening, this is William Tharp and welcome to Home Quizzes, questions about real estate. Tonight's episode 12 and today's question is uh, along planning terms, what is new urbanism? Now, um, as I understand it, new urbanism was a kind of turn of the century thing that really caught fire in the 1980s. And it was really with the ideal of creating more and promoting more walkable neighborhoods that were based on development as an uh, alternative to sprawl. So if you remember, there was a, a large um, kind of en masse of everyone running from the downtown areas into the suburbs, you know, you get their single family home and third of an acre. And there started to be about a slingshot of that in the late 80s and 90s, where people were tired of doing the hour and a half commute. And they wanted to have more of a um, an urban area to live. So this became quite popular. And what new urbanism uh, really promotes is uh, several things, but let's kind of list a few of them. One is walkability. I'll say it again, as I mentioned it. The ideal here is that a person should have in a true um, new urban area, uh, everything they need within a 10 or 15 minute walk. So if you get home from work and you forgot milk, you should be able to either walk you know, you know, down the street and pick it up at uh, uh, your local Publix or your convenience store and go home. Or you shouldn't have to get back in the car and drive five miles like you do in the suburbs. I know if I want to, I, I'm very blessed in that I have, um, you know, Walmart, you know, a good mile away. Um, but, you know, if I wanted to get into Publix, it's probably the same. So uh, it's still about three miles. So it's not technically that 10 minute walk. I could probably do it in 30, but, you know, it, it's not the same. So the other thing is to promote the old kind of thought of having porches, you know, Th think of the movies of the 40s and the 50s, you know, think I always think of Andy Griffith's Mayberry, you know, they, they, you walk down the street, wave at your neighbor, say hi, they're sitting rocking on the porch, you know, that that uh, reachability of your neighbors, you're seeing them, you know, and not having the cars lined up like they are in my suburb right now, where, you know, they're three deep in the front, you couldn't see the front yard if you had to. Um, connectivity is another main thing that you would have in in these um, urban areas and the idea behind that is to have interconnection with you know a street grid that'll eventually take you to either a freeway or, or get into a larger boulevard area where the main traffic's being handled think of um, something like the Champs-Élysées in Paris where you have the large you know three four maybe wide uh, avenues that would take you know the large uh, um, traffic off to, to work or, or around town but yet you would uh, have uh, walk-ups you know or, or multi-use there a couple of streets over that would be a very smaller or a little more narrow you know they easily would feed in to that large uh, boulevard but you wouldn't have like massive amounts of, of uh, concrete everywhere it'd be more green spaces and that would be kind of the next thing is to to bring into um, that mixed use and diversity that would be there so you would have um in the same area that, you know, the mixed where you'd have your, your offices, apartments, you know, you'd be able to have safer neighborhoods and more diverse people. Uh, not necessarily, you know, the 15-story the apartment building, but you would have a situation where maybe on the corner, you know, you'd have, um, I, I don't know, the butcher. You, you'd have um, a, a nice restaurant, maybe a, a cafe on the other end of the street. Um, perhaps you'd have a couple of blocks down, uh, you know, your laundry and you could pick up something from having that mixed use allows you to have that retail and commercial on that bottom floor but yet you know you go inside you know the uh, the entrance to the building and, and you're in your own flat uh, and literally um, have that whole existence there but literally can just walk down in a few minutes and get all the items we just mentioned and it's easy to your needs so the other is a quality of architecture like a destination one of the things um, that you know a, a true um, 
urbanization would would have like a, a single like think of the um the new england communities that you would have up like, like in cape cod where you'd have all the cottage like feel or look um in, in the uh case of um uh you know the, the smaller hometowns think of you know the the one and two story you know kind of um main street front that was made so popular by disney in, in disneyland where he kind of redid his home home there um but but kind of a matching kind of a destination I, i'm thought um being from new mexico i'm brought really in my own mind i think of kind of the whole area of where our cities were kind of uh, done around a square you know you'd have the 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 church that was developed by the the spaniards and then you'd have the the whole court and main part of downtown would be there um think of the walkability of uh uh um i'm thinking taos would be a a nice example santa fe comes immediately to mind um areas that that have that you know it's a destination type feel like similar what you'd have in in the new england area increased density you're going to have more buildings uh, you know more residences shops services instead of having you know that uh, you know suburbs you know 15 to 30 feet from everybody you're going to have that closed in so it'll be a little bit more dense than you normally would have and one of the main things uh, that's really important along with that same ideal on commute would be having smart transportation i know one of the things that we were working on the city of miami would be um, you know you have your buses but you also have the metro rail you have the the metro mover you have a um, tri-rail that's able to get you in and out. And then they also now have the trolley that brings you into all these areas so that, you know, uh, San, San Diego is another great example of this with their trolley system, you know, and buses, you know. Uh, New Orleans is another example of, of, of this where, you know, you actually have, you know, smart transportations in a destination style slot. Um, sustainability is another big thing. It's just, you know, more, you know, having, you know, the type of landscaping you have is more um, eco-friendly to the environment you are. So if you're in desert, you'll have desert style. You're not trying to make um, oaks grow in the desert. You're not trying to make cactus grow. You know, you, you want something along those lines. So uh, quality of life, too, having, you know, that whole ideal of um, just an enjoyability of living there. I'm thinking a lot of the, the, the newest ones. So I wanted to go over three examples of that kind of briefly in tonight's um, podcast. And the one I really want to start off is the one that kind of kicked new urbanization or, or urbanism off. And that was the the dream of Robert Davis. Um, Robert Davis was uh, given eight uh, beachfront acres uh, by his grandfather, who had purchased it there along the, the Gulf Coast of uh, Florida. And he decided that, you know, he'd always wanted to have, you know, kind of a small community you know, he enjoyed his youth there playing along the, the, the sand and the beach areas. And he, he really wanted to have that kind of a feeling. So he came up with the ideal of uh, buying some acreage, adding it to that eight, and then hiring an architect and an urban planner to create a city. And that city ended up being Seaside. So for Floridians, if you've gone through 38, you know exactly what I'm talking about. For the rest of the world, I'm going to have you embrace and remember... Um, uh, a little story of uh, Peter Ware. Uh, he decided to um, try and find a new... He had a new movie that he was going to be um, working with, and uh, he wanted to kind of figure out... He, he needed a, a, an interesting kind of setaway place uh, for it. And um, his wife was out helping him, trying to find it, and she came across this place, and she just... This is it. She calls Peter on the phone. She says, Peter, I found your location. Come here quick. And it was uh, Seaside. So... The, the movie I'm referring to, of course, is The Truman Show. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go back and watch it. But the beauty of it is I describe Seaside as I'm looking at photographs of it. I've actually been there, and it's just... I, I can't 
it is like walking on a movie set. I can't tell you any different. It's just so, it's so comfortable. I mean, your blood pressure immediately goes down at least 15 beats. You know, it just, it, it's just such a soothing area. But the ideal is to build a centralized uh, downtown. And they have like the Grand Park concept that's there. And, and then along, of course, the, the coastal waters, they have, um, you know, uh, large uh, uh, um, cottage style um you know, three, four stories, sometimes, um, homes that they're, they're mainly done for and out. They have, um, a mixed use that are around kind of like a boardwalk, like look in a small little, um, lake that, that's just inside of, of the, the ocean area. But the beautiful thing about it is it's walkable. You can walk the entire town in probably 15 minutes. If somebody stopped and talked with you, you know, I mean, it, it is only 80 acres now, granted, you know, it is small. I'm not going to lie to you, but the beauty of it is it had like, uh, 624 units, and, you know, the retail space, it still had, you know, like 85,000 retail space. And they built a small little area for lodging for those who wanted to come in. But the beauty of the way it was built was, you know, it had the small streets. It looked, you know, laid out beautifully in, in like, you know, the long arc. You know, you, you drove into it through, you know, the double um, avenue that would come in from, you know, um, uh, 30A. And, and then you, you know, kind of go in and around. The, the streets were a little larger as you went through the civic areas and in the downtown and cross the mall area and then uh, as you got into the individual um, home and areas they were of course more narrow streets and this all speaks to exactly you know the type of development that we wanted to, to see with urban and one of the things that was really successful about what they had done was um, one they created a roadmap that we had the city of miami looked at in fact we used the same um, architects uh, but you know they had that walkability like i said you could pretty much do the whole town uh in about yeah, 15 minutes if you wanted to, you know, really pace yourself. Uh, the ideal, though, is in that walkability, create that feel of the 1920s. Um, you know, that that to accommodate pedestrians so that people are walking. There's not that race to get your car, not the, the jump. You know, and it's calming traffic. People aren't, you know, it's like the, the, the lock jam that, you know, would be my commute every day downtown to, to Miami. It would be literally if you didn't race out of your uh, your house by like quarter to seven, you were, you were literally going to delay your commute downtown by 20 minutes. And, you know, you could almost see the people scatter as ants, you know, out of, out of our little streets onto I-75. Well, this is more of a relaxed approach. You know, you're, you're there, in, you know, in, in your home. And if you wanted to walk down the street or walk the dog or take a bike down to, you know, the local market or just on it, it was there. You, you had that mixed-use development where you, know, you had, uh, you know, retail downstairs perhaps you had a, a dance studio on the ground floor or, or yoga that you were walking over to and uh, up above it of course was where the yoga instructor stayed or, or lived and you had that that sense of community you know that you had it, it it it's really in a lot of ways that i haven't seen like i said since the old tv shows you know happy days was probably the closest thing or laverne and shirley if you remember those old days where you actually meet people on the stump and you'd sit and talk or you know you'd, you'd actually see the guys hanging out and just relaxing and it, it was more of a, an area, but, but like, um, this particular community, one of the beautiful things about it is, you know, that there's a good, like 30 acres, uh, of walkable areas that are, are like, you know, a large Avenue that, that presents like a walking boardwalk that you can go around. There's lakes, there's, you know, nice, um, stretches of, of park where you can play soccer or throw the football, uh, if you want with your son. And, uh, it, it just gives that, uh, calming sense that hadn't been seen in quite a bit of while. So, um, one of the other things that I thought was a fantastic part was um, that, uh, you know, it fit kind of that, that Andy Griffin traditional style. So 
when you get past that, one of the things I wanted to talk about also, like Miami, uh, and we'll get back to Midtown Miami in a, in a bit, but um, an example of this was up in Boca Raton. In Boca Raton, they had the, uh, the opening of what was the Boca Mall at that time in 1974. had two anchor stores in it. And it, it, it was somewhat troubled from the start. I don't know if it was just the wrong time to open malls or it was the wrong place to open malls. Or it was also during that time of urban sprawl where everybody was racing to the suburbs and, and we were trying to, you know, uh, have that little carved out niche. Uh, and one of the anchor stores went out in 82 and for a while IBM moved in until like 85 and then in 89 the the last anchor store moved out and levitt's furniture moved in eventually the mall had died pretty much a slow death until all that was um, left was a bar in the middle of it and you walked through the empty shell of the the mall to get to the to um you know what was the bar the city of um, boca raton didn't know quite what to do their downtown was dead there was no real things to do in the evening. Um, people, you know, came to their eight to five and just, it was, it, it, you know, left them as soon as they could, because like I said, it was a ghost town after hours. And now with the failure of the, the mall, it, it presented an even greater question. So they reached out and to uh, their community redevelopment agency and actually created one and asked for a study. And this was done in uh, 1980. They acted by designating one in the downtown area. And then by 82, they came up with, you know, an ideal. And by uh, 1989, they'd actually entered into a joint and private partnership with Crocker and Company. And their idea was to tear the whole Boca Ball down and create a very, very much open, mixed-use type uh, feel of, of, of actual mall. So I, I really hate the mall. They, they wanted to make a destination, I think is a better way. And following it, they, they did it with urbanization. They, they created what we now know as Meisner Park. Now, Meisner Park is like 30 years old. But when it was originally in concept stage, you know, Crocker and company came to them and said, look, what we want to do is develop, you know, in, in several phases, uh, a place where we'll have, uh, you know, several hundred um, rental units above in mixed use and have retail and office and restaurants and a movie theater below. We want to have a destination. And uh, one of the things the city already had there was, of course, an amphitheater that they chose to kind of build up and around. So they were for it. So the city went all in, uh, spent hundred millions of dollars and more than that, I'm sure, and Crocker as well, and created the destination we now know as um, Meisner Park, which is a beautiful facility. If you haven't been there, you should go. It was a huge success. Uh, the mixed use of Meisner Park downtown demonstration, you know, I, all the... The suburban communities where you can actually have a lively downtown and and have a living area a, a reason to stay after work you know no longer were people you know hitting hitting the door at five o'clock and racing to the suburbs they were staying and, and going to the you know the, the bar they were going to the restaurant you know they were enjoying a walk downtown or doing some shopping at one of the the many stores that was available they had uh, 40 different stores that were in that area that, that they could then go and then they had the movies afterwards so there was a reason again to be downtown and immediately thereafter the CRA was able to then redevelop a lot of the older communities that were on the outside of Meisner Park and or build them in now those homes near Meisner Park go for millions of dollars so you can see how just that over 30 years has made an incredible incredible impact on it so the third I want to kind of just briefly revisit I'm not going to beat it like a dead horse is of course Midtown Miami I just want to speak to kind of a part of it um 
having, you know, been with the city when we actually did Midtown Miami and negotiated it and we're in the process of doing Miami 21, one of the things that uh, planning really uh, embraced was uh, to go ahead and see this um, this whole ideal of uh, new urbanization and, and kind of the ideal of not only changing uh, the look and feel of the city, but um, how it's handled. And um, they wanted to have, uh, as I had said, they wanted Midtown Miami to be a standalone city in a city. They wanted that walkability. Uh, they wanted that mixed use. And, and that's what you have today. If, if you want to, you know, jump down to Publix, you can, you know, you know, if you're in one of the high rises or if you're in just one of the, the three or four story walk-ups, you know, you can just easily go down, get what you want there. They have like a big box right, right there, literally like they had said within 10 minutes and go home. They have restaurants too in the nearby areas that provide, you know, plenty of entertainment. And, you know, since our other areas like Wynwood aren't that far away, you could actually walk to Wynwood from Miami, Midtown Miami if you wanted, or, you know, a short, short hop in the car and you're actually in the theater district and minutes time. So, uh, and, and of course, if you want to take the, 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 the trolley down, that's even more preferred because you don't have to deal with parking. Uh, so all these things are from these three different examples that I'm, I'm bringing to your attention, good examples of the new urbanization where, um, you actually have that more, you know, form fit use of transit, uh, transportation that, that's smart to it, a street life in and around where you live, um, mixed use where you have, you know, the retail commercial on the ground floor and you have, you know, the, the residences above different types of residences. You may have condos, you may have lofts, you may have, um, townhouses, even, you know, in some cases, a couple of streets off full, uh, single family homes. And that's where it goes. So, um, I dearly love the Truman Show. It's one of my favorites. I enjoy going back and looking at it. And I will again, having walked the streets of Seaside, I can kind of see the whole thing in my mind as he would have enjoyed it. And uh, I'm going to leave you tonight with uh, one of his great sayings that I've always enjoyed as well. And I'm going to say that in case I don't see you uh, later, um, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.